Welcome to the Addiction Connection podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. Today, we have a special guest with us, Greg Kirk. Greg, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be with you. You are from Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Am I saying Missouri right? right? Missouri. <laughs> you said it right. The bluff, as they say down the there. I feel like yeah, they say down. We're all. They also call it. We're in Semo, Southeast Missouri. So uh, yeah, yeah. You just tell people you're from the Bluff in Semo. They know where you're at. The Bluff in Semo. See, now this is inside information that I need. Thank you. You're getting it. Yes, you're getting. You can sound like a north. You can. You won't sound like a northerner when you come down here, unless you <laughs> unless you root for the Reds. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I do like the Cincinnati Reds. You guys are. Uh, what? I know you do. Are you a, I know you do. a Kansas City Royal fan? or Actually, to tell you the truth, I'm originally from California, so I'm an Oakland A's fan and an L.A. Dodgers fan. Oh, that's not bad. That's better than being yeah. a St. Louis Cardinal fan. Uh-oh, I just offended. I some. am not a Cardinal fan. My wife is, a, my wife is, my wife bleeds red and I bleed blue for the Dodgers. <laughs> well, that, that's, yeah, that's, there's some uh, good series that those, those two have. Uh, over the have had over the years, so that's that's probably tough, probably hard for you. You probably sleep on the couch during those worlds, those series. They're not the World Series; that would be the playoffs headed into it. Yeah. But, uh, well, back in the seventies, the Oakland A's just broke Kansas City Royals hard time and time again. Yeah, I, I like to remind my wife of that quite a bit, <laughs> and my mother-in-law and everybody else. So, well, now you- that was the past. Well, I asked you your life verse, and you told me First sure. Corinthians nine twenty seven. I want to read twenty seven. It says, "But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified." And so, what does that mean right. to you? Explain that to to our listeners. Well, you know, about addictions is about control, about controlling of our life, controlling of our emotion and our will. And, you know, uh, the, I think the King James says that, that, uh, ends it with, uh, I don't, I don't want to be put on a shelf. You know, I don't want to be, uh, uh, cast away. I don't want to be a castaway, which means put on a shelf. And I, I don't want to sit there and collect dust and do nothing. You know, you know, trophies just sit there and do nothing. So, uh, also kind of pair off that with, uh, Ephesians uh, 417 where it talks about I, I don't walk anymore as the Gentiles walk and that basically those two verses tell me to be intentional in my walk that we have a saying at the mission is be intentional everything you do is intentional you don't fall back into your addiction you, you don't even become an addict without intentionally becoming you don't wander into it it's uh like I tell people you you, you uh you wander into debt, but you but you have to be intentional to get out of it. And That's it's right. the same with your addiction. You wander into your addiction because you're just being, you know, like the boat cast apart on the sea. It's just cast about by every wind of doctrine. You're just kind of floating around. Oh, let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. And you, it takes an intentional person to to be clean and sober. And Man. it takes an intentional person to uh, to be uh uh, good with God's word, and you know, it's, you might even put that into your marriage. It takes an intentional husband to uh, to have a good marriage and an intentional wife. You have to you have to be intentional in everything you do. That's right. 
that Ephesians 4.17 is now, This I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. So um, your, your intentionality message is right on point. I love that, and I hope our listeners... Right, in, in the Greek, that really means, I, I, was, I looked that up, that word walk, it talks about... I always use, I use this when I talk about it, it's like the difference between my wife and I when we go shopping. Okay. If I'm going shopping for deodorant, I walk straight into Walmart if that's where I'm going. And I know I walk in the, the right door and I turn to the right and I walk down four aisles and I find my deodorant and I get out and go to self checkout and I'm out of the store in less than five minutes. I'm out of that store because I, I don't want to shop. I hate shopping. So I just go get what I have to get and get out. My wife goes in, and she says, oh, well, the grandkids might need a new dress, or they might need this, and she's wandering around. Oh, wouldn't that be cute? Oh, I forgot about the milk, and oh, I got to get some eggs, oh, the flour, and the sugar. And she's just wandering around the store. And it's not wrong, but that she doesn't have any intention in what she's doing. She's just shopping. And so what that verse is specifically talking about is don't be like the Gentiles just walking around the market with nothing on your mind, you're just going through your emotions. And you you don't walk that way anymore. Be intentional in all your ways and do. You know, you, you intentionally walk past the bar and you intentionally walk past the the drug house. Yeah, it takes effort. It and takes you, twice the effort I think to be a Christian because you're you're putting effort against the old man, the old desires of the flesh, and saying no to those, and then you're putting effort into what you're saying yes to, and so it to me it takes twice the effort to be a intentional Christian. Just what you're talking about. The men we work with at the United Gospel Rescue Mission and Pop of Love, these men are basically before they came to us, ninety percent of them lived under a bridge someplace, or on the riverbank, or in a car, or something. They were homeless. Whoa, and so. I get guys, they don't even know what a Bible is. They don't even know anything, you know, and much less about uh, are you a Christian. They don't even know what a Christian is. So we, uh, they they have to learn to be intentional in what they're doing. That's, that's a great um, reminder, really, for every, all of us as believers to be intentional, but... Like you say, you're, you've been dealing with the homeless population and guys uh, living in this situation for almost three decades now. Three decades. Yeah, Think no, about that. It doesn't seem that long when you're having fun. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, <laughs> and you've been uh, at the United Gospel Rescue Mission for 15 years. Tell us about yeah, your I'm role. My 15th year. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about your role there at the United Gospel Rescue well, Mission. So here, I'm the executive director. Well, that means I'm also the counselor to the men, the chaplain, the fundraiser, the cook, the uh, grocery store manager, so to speak, although I do have one. But I'm just saying I have to manage all these different things. And uh, and I actually have a guy who cooks, but I still have to manage what he's doing and make sure stuff's going in and out. And uh, so it's a lot to do, not just, uh, you know, actually dealing with, I'm only counseling, uh, drug addicts or, or, or those who are, uh, in addiction. So, you know, I, I do a lot more like right now during this, this, uh, 
pandemic, uh, we closed our dining room. We feed about a hundred people every day. We closed our dining room because of the not being able to do any social distancing with the way that our folks are. And you understand, I mean, the, you hear a lot about the COVID virus, but you're not hearing a lot about how it's affecting those that are homeless. And those that are homeless, these, these guys are really, really, they're, they're at risk because their hygiene is terrible, their health is terrible, and I'm just worried sick. If, if this virus hits that population, it's going to wipe them out. I mean, because they're already, half of them are, are, are sick with something. So uh, we closed our dining room down, but we're doing to-go trades. Well, now the schools are out, and so the school called us and said, look, we can't meet the needs of everybody where, where we need to because we have a way to do it. Transportation, can you help cook food? And so now we're a bunch of people that are out, the kids and stuff out of school. So that adds another 50 to 60 meals that we serve a day. So, uh, and, uh, part of the emergency management area, uh, of, of the county, uh, the rescue mission is because everyone knows that we're the, we, we feed people. So, uh, we, uh, we take a lot of pride in the fact of that, that we're part of the, of the group. But so now we're also involved in just a whole bunch of different areas. Uh, that is way beyond what you'd ever think that a rescue mission would do. Now, the feeding is really important because the men who come to us from the street, yes, they have their addictions. But, you know, I, I really, really believe a lot of people are, are get into addictions because they're bored. I really think that's a, that's a big key. They're just bored. They have nothing because they have no life. They have nothing they do. They, they never learned a job. They never learned a skill. They don't have anything to be proud of. So one of the areas that we do with our kitchen is we teach the men to cook. We have men who never – my cook, that is our main cook, did not know how to cook when he came to the mission. Now he's the main guy in charge of cooking 150 meals a day. Wow. <laughs> and uh, he just does it, you know. But I'm always telling people, you know, it doesn't matter if a guy got out of prison with 17 felonies. You know, he's not a job prospect necessarily. But if he can learn to flip an egg, Huddle House will hire him or Waffle House will hire him. He can get a job if he can cook an egg. <laughs> so, you know, we teach them basic things on how to cook. In fact, we have a little competition team. Uh, we, we do, we smoke a lot of meat. That's a big thing out here, barbecue. We smoke meat and we have shirts we wear that says, we smoke meat, not drugs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's our slogan. I love it. I mean, you you are so practical, down to earth, uh, just real, and I, I love that about you, brother. That is so good. Well, and in United Gospel Rescue Mission in Poplar Bluff, Missouri, is uh, where Missouri. where Greg serves as the executive director, and the website is pbrescue dot com pbrescue dot com, and there's their slogan is Jesus saves with an exclamation point. Uh, do you think yep. you, of yourself as an evangelist? Sometimes because we're spreading the good word. We're spreading the gospel. The gospel is, is I always tell everybody um, that the only pill that the addict needs is the gospel. <laughs> I love it. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, 
You, you know, we are an evangelist. I think every Christian's an evangelist if they're doing their job right. Well, that's uh, true. Like one of the things the men do is they have to learn the books of the Bible. Uh, if they can't learn the books of the Bible, they, I don't let them stay. And they're like, really? Yeah, really. I mean, we've got a, a, a five-year-old in our Sunday school that my wife's been working with that she's learned the books of the Bible, and she's got the whole Old Testament memorized. I'm like, okay, if a five-year-old can do that, you can do this, you know? Because yeah. I want when a man sits down at church, this is something new to him. He's never been to church. And the pastor says, turn to the book of Isaiah. He may not get it, but at least he can get the idea. Oh, yeah, that's that guy. That's an Old Testament guy. Where's he at? Oh, yeah, he's somewhere in there. At least he has an idea where he's at. I mean, I went to a hockey game one time. I never really watched hockey, so I don't know much about it. So I was lost the whole way, you know? Yeah. Like, wow. I mean, I, I saw him hitting the puck around and a, a, a couple good fights, but uh, I didn't know what they were doing because I, I don't know the rules. I don't know anything about it. And I had an okay time, but it, I didn't really, really, really enjoy it. We believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. The Scripture's got everything in it to teach us how to live our lives. The second thing they have to do is, is learn Psalm chapter 1. Six simple verses. Happy is the man that or blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, and sits in the seat of scornful, and stands in the way of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on and on. And I teach the man that if you only knew those six verses, you could live a pretty good life. If that's the only six verses you ever memorized in your life, that's a great that's a great way to live. Amen. <laughs> so and that's you, the foundation of the program. The uh, Psalm one. Psalm chapter one, verse one through six. The they have to memorize that. And then I walk up to them different times during the, during the month. Hey, give me Psalm chapter one, verse three, to see if they know it. Yeah. And then before every meal, we we either do the Old Testament, the New Testament, or Psalm chapter one. We, all the men have to recite that before we. Before we pray. Oh, wow. Well, that's good. Man, you're doing some good uh, memory reinforcement kind of stuff there. Well, you know, I came up with that because I found out that the men were, were forgetting it. They, they just would not pay attention. You know, they, they're, once again, they're not intentional. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I do have a, a gentleman that serves as my chaplain. He makes sure they do it every day. He, he picks one or the other and he does it. And then I've got a couple of men, house men and stuff who are leaders. They, if he's not there, if I'm not there, they'll do it. They'll say, come on, let's do the Old Testament or something. No, that's great. Man, uh, There are there's much we can learn from you, Brother Greg. Much we can learn from you. I don't know. I don't think I know that much. I tell everybody, they ask me how to start a homeless shelter. I said, I can't tell you how to start one. I can just tell you 50 ways it won't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us a little bit. You have the transient men housing. The guys kind of move in there. That's right. an evaluation area period time where they're getting their lives right. together, getting their heads cleaned up, right. cleared up. And then they move into the New Life Discipleship Program after that. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, and going back to the other is the the first, I call it the first phase of the candidate phase. That's that first 30 days. That's when they go through, uh, some of the guys, some of these guys have to detox. We, we do not have a medical detox, but I know how, I know what we need to do to detox people. And, uh, I'm also licensed by the state. I'm, I'm, I'm a, uh, medically assisted treatment specialist, but 
that which means I know how to use the boxing and Vivitrol and all these other uh, wonderful uh, magical drugs. Uh, and because of that, because I understand how they work, we we don't let the men be on them. So that that's kind of sad. Even though I I I'm qualified to to uh, to lead someone who's taken to boxing, I don't like it because it just keeps a guy high all the time. Just a, it's a legal high and not an illegal high. So I, I tell these men that uh, you're going to be sick for a few days, and I, I'm going to work with you. You know, because these men it's a working program. But I'll tell them I'm going to give you a week or two to get over this. You know, and I'll let them sleep if they need to. And I make sure they get lots of juice and. We watch them real careful during that time, but they can't be on any type of uh, Vivitrol, Suboxone, uh, any type of uh, methadone, nothing like that. They have to they have to break from that. If they don't want to do it, then we won't cut them on the program. Yeah, uh, we just we just don't. We, we that's just the hardest thing to get over. So when they go to the next phase, which is we call phase one, they have a bunch of stuff they have to do. They have some. Uh, Bible studies they have to do, and it's, it's real, it's didactic questions and answers. It's some, uh, some material that I had written that, uh, that they go through and they answer the questions and it leads them on a journey through Christ and, and to build them strong. Then as they go through that, that's the next, we call that the, the next 90 days. And actually, to tell you the truth, it's, it's on that, so the, that's three months and then one month. So it's really that fifth month when I really get to start working with the guy because it takes like 90 days to get a guy's head straight. We have a society of men who don't know. They never, they, they were either raised by a mother and no father in their life. They don't even understand anything about, you know, it's no good at giving a guy a job till he learns he has to go every day. That's right. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're supposed to be to work at nine o'clock, that's not a suggestion, you know, because these guys live that way. You know, when you are, when you're in, when you're a, living as a, as an addict, whether it's alcohol, drugs, porn, or whatever it is, you know, you go to bed when you want, you get up when you want, you do what you want. You know, no one tells you what to do. You're like uh, uh, Pinocchio, you know, singing that song. I got no strings on me. So, because uh, that's not a way to live your life. You know, everyone's got rules, and that's one of the things we have to teach them in. I, I'm always saying the uh, the lack of uh, banks and the lack of rules causes men and rivers to run crooked. So right. <laughs> they've got to they've got to learn that living in society is there's rules. You, I mean, if the light's red, you're not supposed to go through it. Now that doesn't mean people don't go through it, but something bad's probably going to happen to you if you do. Well. It- it is. An, it's an epidemic in our culture that people don't. People. Everyone wants to live according to their own way, their own rule. They want to be their own little G God, and and so you're helping these men to learn to submit, to submit to rules, to submit eventually, hopefully, to Christ. And uh, it's an important and very important um, concept that is just absent in our culture today. Everybody wants it Burger King, have it your way kind of life, you know? Teddy Roosevelt said, I got the right to swing my arms around in a circle as much as I want, but my right to swing my arms stops at the end of your nose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so the thing is, is these men, they've, they've just never, they've never been told what time to get up. I mean, 
you know what literally you know what the first thing these men learn other than the books of the bible and stuff the very first thing they learn i teach them how to make a bed i have to teach them you shave every single day you take a shower every single day you brush your teeth maybe more than one time a day well, in the in the short time we have remaining, just tell us a little bit about you and your life now and what you're doing. Uh, tell us about Pam and, and others. Well, I've been married to the wonderful Pam for, this will be our 41st year in June 26. We've been married a long time. And uh, I've got three children who are all working and doing well, and I've got 12 wonderful grandchildren, and uh, we, which we never see. Four live in Kansas City, and four live in D.C., and four live in Sacramento. So wow. we just hardly ever see them. But uh, life is good. Uh, I, I really do love what I do. Um, I, I was on our website, the United Gospel Rescue Mission website, and I saw I had a message. And I looked, and here's a message from Christmas, and I hadn't even seen it because I'm just bad for not looking at stuff. But anyway, here is one of our guys. Who had graduated our program and he said, hey, I stayed with you for eight years. And then he went on about how he's married and he's clean and sober. And he's in a church and he even knew the name of the church, which is a miracle for these guys. You know, you'll see him. If I see a guy that, that left our program, I mean, in a good way, I see him four years later. Okay. Hey, where are you going to church? Oh yeah. That little white church. They don't know the name of it. They don't know the name of the pastor. They don't know anything. So they're, they're probably not going, but this guy knew the name of his church and everything. And it was just a great testimony for a guy I had not seen in quite a few years. And it's great to know. And that's, that's what keeps me going is, is you can't look at those who fail. And another thing I've learned is just because a guy fails your program doesn't mean he's not going to make it somewhere else. That's right. That's right. I mean, he might go to, uh, I don't know if you, if you've done an interview with CJ or not, but he might go to CJ's group and do great, but he didn't work out for mine. Right. That's right. And so uh, I just keep going forward. I just keep moving forward. You know, I my probably my greatest my greatest uh, story of anybody that recovered. That was a guy who absolutely was a terrible, terrible drug addict, and now he's running a rescue mission. Wow! In Ukraine. Amen. He's got purpose, and uh, he is fulfilling and that. He's intentional. Yeah. Yeah. He's intentional. Well, thank you, Greg. I probably should change my life first to Ephesians 417. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, man. Well, Thanks love... for having me on your podcast. Yeah. Well, I want to highlight what you're doing at the United Gospel Rescue Mission. This is Executive Director Greg Kirk, and he is a joy to talk to, just down to earth, very practical. And I know you do great work with those guys in your program, and the website is PB Rescue, like peanut butter, pbrescue.com. Yep. yep. Well, thanks, Greg, and thanks for listening in to our podcast today with Greg Kirk. I hope you'll listen in the next time. Uh, what a what a blessing that guy is, and um, a lot of fun. So I uh, appreciate what he does, and. Uh, Hope you'll pray for him and pray for that ministry in the days ahead. Thank you for listening. Take care and God bless.